In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. In 1959, a radio DJ by the name of Peter Tripp undertook a publicity stunt in an effort to raise money for the March of Dimes. For the stunt, Tripp would sit in a glass broadcasting booth in Times Square and stay awake for 200 hours. The radio station hired scientists and sleep researchers to keep tabs on him, and what started out as a publicity stunt for a good cause turned into an incredible window into the effects of sleep deprivation. Tripp made it the 200 hours, thanks to some heavy medications, and he was even able to keep up aspects of his on-air patter. But mentally, he absolutely cracked. Partway in, he was unable to do basic math or recite the ABCs, Over halfway in, he started hallucinating. At one point, he thought a drawer of clothes was shooting flames at him, and that one of the scientists observing him was an undertaker trying to put him in a coffin. Eventually, Tripp told the scientists that even though everyone around him believed he really was Peter Tripp, he knew that he wasn't. Thankfully, after the stunt was over and Tripp got a solid day's worth of sleep, his mental faculties returned to him. But how wild is it that within the space of a few days, he not only lost his grasp on the world around him, but his own perception of himself was demolished? We spend one-third of our lives sleeping. And sleep, as one of my favorite poets, Kendrick Lamar, reminds us, is the cousin of death. The pattern of sleep and wakefulness, rest and work, evening and morning, six days and Sabbath, it's built into the DNA of the world. The fact that we sleep, that we have to sleep, is a revelation that we are not the originators of our world or even our own experiences. We are participants in someone else's life. What's fascinating to me about the way Peter Tripp lost all knowledge of himself after going without sleep for a few days is that it's a corollary to our spiritual lives. Ever since our first parents sought life on their own terms, apart from participation in the divine life that had breathed life into them, we have existed as spiritually restless creatures. And like Peter Tripp, our spiritual sleeplessness has caused us to lose all sense of what's real in the world, and even caused us to lose a real sense of who we are. This spiritual insanity we've been driven to in our spiritual sleeplessness is all wrapped up with the shame that each of us carries often lodged deep within our childhood, whether it's from peers or parents, we internalize our failures with that awful rock-in-the-bottom-of-your-stomach sense of shame. As we continue in life, our own actions push us deeper into shame. The betrayal of a friend, the forest fire destructiveness of gossip, a word spoken in anger to our child, the constant gnawing of an imposter syndrome that tells us if people knew the real us, they'd all run in the other direction. What began with our refusal to rest in God's own life has become an inability to rest, because now we have the devil following us through the city of the world like that woman in Game of Thrones crying, shame, shame, shame. Our need to make some kind of atonement, to silence the cry of shame, leads us either to distraction or some other kind of catatonic state where we can no longer feel shame twisting our bowels or to frenzied activity in the hopes that we can tip the scales back toward good person status. In either scenario, we're still Peter Tripp, sitting in a glass box in Times Square, unable to sleep, 
losing all sense of ourselves. In a moment of lucidity, we'll cry out with someone else's words in our mouth, O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? The modern answer to this question fundamentally mishears the question. What could fix this? A pill? A new car? A better career? Exercise? Keto diet? But St. Paul, ancient sage that he is, understands our problem better than we do. And he recognizes that the solution we require isn't a matter of rebalancing our serotonin. What we need isn't a what. It's a who. It's a person. We need a person who can see us, not the one-dimensional Instagram version we present to each other, but the whole fragile, wounded, shame-filled, exhausted us. Not just see us, but heal our wounds, dismantle the prison house of our shame, and set us free to rest. Our gospel lesson presents us with just this person, with God who wears a human face so that we might look upon him without just dying of shame, but instead be met with compassion as we hear a shepherd's voice speaking words that have never before been spoken throughout the universe. You. Yes, you. You're weary and you're weighed down by heavy burdens. Come to me and I will give you rest. I am gentle and humble, and as you learn from me, I will give rest to your world-weary souls. Thanks be to God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, now and forevermore there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen.